Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Madgett, and with me, as always, is Omar Zini from Pro GK Academy. And, and third billing, Trevor Stiles from Aviata Sports. Third billing, third billing, third. <laughs> I think you get third billing this time, Trev. What's up with y'all? It's not a sore subject or anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't worry, we be cool. Sorry, Mike, go on, go on. Tell, tell everyone what we're doing today. Uh, well, today what we're going to be doing, guys, is we're going to be discussing goalkeeping as we do every week. Uh, I'm very excited about today's episode. I think we're going to have a, a lot of fun today. Uh, first off, I want to thank everybody uh, who's been uh, writing and reviewing and subscribing. Uh, huge thanks to all of you out there who've been supporting the show. We love what we're doing. We love goalkeeping. We love that you guys are loving what we're doing. And, you know it's uh, just me writing those in, right, to make us all feel better? <laughs> It's you, 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 and Big Joe from uh, from uh, from um, uh, what you might call from the South Bay. What's what's the Impact. name? Impact. Impact. Yeah. Who's, hey, who's our friend in Kentucky who does Inside the Six? What's his name? Uh, Ron DeMars. Ron hey, DeMars. Ron, I, w- I just want you to know, just for your benefit, I didn't read the script at all before this, so I'm coming in blind. Uh, <laughs> so I just want you to you know know that for you, I'm doing this one thing today, like I yeah, do. Every- um- I actually really do honestly want to thank a lot because I have been getting a lot of feedback from different people. And as I know you guys have too, and that we're trying to, you know, integrate that into the content. And today I'm actually taking one of the uh, suggestions from one of our, our younger goalkeeper coaches out there. And uh, today's topic, we're going to be discussing how to utilize uh, limited resources and limited space and put together a proper goalkeeper session. So guys, uh, let's talk about that first off. Uh, how often, as goalkeeper coaches, are we provided with ample space and resources to run a proper session? I have my feelings on that. Who wants to rant first? <laughs> oh, man. I'll go as fast as I can with this one. Okay. What uh, happen? No, nah, I mean, for me, I learned right away that less is more. Um, I think <clears throat> trying to be a coach that tries to do too much or, you know, let's say parents or other coaches are trying to watch your stuff. And I used to do drills that would just be – just too, you know, too complex and would look good for me, but the goalkeepers wouldn't know what they were doing. So, that one. you know what I mean? So, I, yeah, so I started doing way more simplified drills, really elaborate, you know, uh, emphasis on technique. And once I got more on technique and then the goalkeeper started growing, I started going, okay, you know what? After we do this, we're going to progress to this, to this, to this. So it got more and more and more uh, difficult. But I'd say when you don't have that much space, when you don't have – a goal or whatever. I mean, I always have a goal with me. I always bring a portable goal. So I, I, that's never an issue for me. But I think for young goalkeeper coaches out there, I think the best thing you can do is just keep it simplified. The more complex you make it, the, the worse it's going to look on your goalkeepers, the worse it's going to look on you. And at the end of the day, we're trying to develop these kids. We're not trying to you know show off. And I think that was one of the major mistakes that I made at the beginning uh, was really trying to just make cool drills with the uh, with the intention of making myself look good versus actually trying to develop my keeper. So that's the biggest thing I would say when you have limited space, just keep it simple. No, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Omar. So, I mean, I've coached, I've had, you know, a lovely stadium field, beautiful grass, every tool you could ever think of to use. And I've had legitimately like a 10 by 10 area to do sessions before. Um, I think if you're a good goalkeeper coach, I think if you know your stuff, I think if you can think on the fly, you can adapt and put a great session. And I think Omar's so true when I was coming up between playing and coaching, you, you always look up to others. You look to other people to see what they're doing, to, to learn from them, to get ideas, or honestly to see certain things that you don't think work well to make sure you kind of stay clear. And one of the things I saw, especially early on, was sessions where you looked at it and it was absurd. It was like a circus act. Uh, and like, I'm, look, I, I like using training tools at times. I like certain things. But at the same time, when I do my certain tools, it's, it's like Omar said, it's really simple. I use one thing and then a variation, then maybe a third. 
right? So maybe it's like a protoflect tool or it's a ramp or it's some sort of screen into a secondary save, into a recovery save. And we keep it really simple. You see some sessions where there's a million things going on. And like Omar said, it looks great for the parents. It's like, oh my gosh, look at that coach. He's making him do this and do that. And when you like actually break it down, it's like, well, they've oh, done yeah. nothing evil. They've done nothing progressive. They've done nothing, you know, not even a progressive state where it backs off each other, but nothing is correlated in the same, you know, working on shot stopping or cross taking or one-on-ones or communications all over the shop. And yeah, it looks cool to the sidelines. And yeah, it looks cool from the parents' point of view, who's you know probably paying you or paying the club. But your keepers aren't getting the most out. As Omar said, you bring it down, you keep it technical, you keep it tidy, then you yep. can expand and grow. But realistically, if you're a good goalkeeper coach, you can take a 10 by 10 area and make something as magical happen as you can in the full field. Now, I'm not going to tell you you can do a brilliant crossing distribution drill in, in a 10 by 10 area because you can't. But, you know, can you use that space you have for the drill you want to do then and then when you have opportunity to use a bigger area then adapt to that and that's that's kind of where i'm totally with omar on this one is as long as you can adapt and fly and make it happen you should be able to use any space and a lot of that honestly is just experience you know yeah. we talk about experience as a goalkeeper and and getting game experience it's experience as a coach this is your craft this is what you're working on the more you do it the better it is and i have a coach who i'm working with and he's just like you know i ran a session today for a club that had what do we have 44 kids and i had one assistant Oh my God. And we're talking like eight to 11 year olds. And luckily it was girls. So they were much more focused than the boys at that age. But I put on what I would call an unbelievable session. Everyone was stoked and pumped and amped and every other word of that nature. But if I would have tried to run that 10 years ago, I would have struggled. Where now I came up, knew the number was going to be really high, went boom, 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 here we go right before, made it happen. And my coach was like, how do you do that? I was just like, you know what, honestly, it's experience. It's, it's doing it so many times. It's messing up so many times. It's Absolutely. trying things that didn't work to find out what does work. Look, what, look one, I think one of the things that's not being brought up right here, and I agree with a lot of things that you guys are saying, because I, I think it's very true. I could run a session right now in my kitchen. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not joking. I, I'm being literally <laughs> honest. No, it's just a matter of just the amount of time I've done it, how I understand yeah. the position and, and how to read the game, that you can utilize whatever space you have available. One of the issues is that a lot of younger coaches are coming from the college game, and they've been spoiled by the fact that everything is set up so that they have plenty of space when they're working with their, their college keepers who may or be one or two or years, you know, um, younger than they are. And so then all of a sudden they come into a club environment, especially in these city environments like I've, we've got here in LA uh, or Omar, you know, you see out in the Inland Empire area or towards Pasadena or whatever. Yeah. And Trev, you probably don't have this as much in Victoria because you guys have, I don't know, 600 miles worth of free, free space, uh, in that area is not, is yeah, not how not Canada so much, is. I mean, that's, that's not how it works. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that, that's how, that's how I'm, I think of Canada. I think of Canada as just a, a vast tundra of polar bears and uh, igloos and all that. Right. I'm yeah, very, we don't I'm have very, running water. We take dog sleds. That's everywhere. what I figured. Yeah. yeah that, that's, <laughs> that's what I cool. thought. Pretty Even though sure you guys are really just the Pacific Northwest and uh, there's not much difference between you guys and uh, Washington state. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, that's one of the issues. And so they come into it and they freak out. And first off, like you were saying about in regards to trying to run complicated sessions, they think, well, if I've got less space, if I do more things, parents are going to think like, oh my gosh, look at, look at, look at what he's able to do with just this little amount of space or DOCs or whatever. And I think that's one thing that I learned early on is that it's not about me. It's about the kids and what's yeah. going to be simple. And one thing that I think you guys need to bring up too is that, Keep it on one topic, especially when you have limited space. Keep it on one topic and have that session progress 
all the way from the very basic beginning of footwork and handling all the way into game-related activity. And then you're going to be fine with whatever space you have. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, for me as well, one of the biggest things that I would recommend, I mean, if we're talking to goalkeeper coaches here, is that, you know, for me, I don't think I've ever gone into a session without being prepared. Like, I'm very, very diligent in what I do. And, and you know, of course, like Trevor said, you have to make mistake after mistake after mistake. And eventually you have to learn from those mistakes. So I've definitely done sessions where I've planned them out and then it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. So then I went back to the drawing board and I modified the session so that it worked out for me. So if you know, I mean, more often than not, just always assume you're going to have no space, little, little to no space, so that when you step into the session, you're not blindsided by, oh, by the way, you're only going to have like, you know, the, the 18 or the six yard box or whatever. So for me, I like to always, always sit down before I go to, to go to training. Let's say, for example, my, my training's at four o'clock. I probably start preparing for my session at three, no, no, excuse me, at uh, 2.45. And then I leave my house around, let's say like 3.25, 3.30, get there, set up my session so that, I mean, one of the, one coach that I learned from told me, never let the players ever see you set up the field. So I try to get there early. And even if let's say I get there and I realize I don't have that much space, I can easily, since I'm there early, I just modify the session. So I think for every young coach, don't don't think that it's not I mean, don't think that's not normal to to sit down for at least you know 30 minutes and plan out a session because that is what I feel like the best goalkeeper coaches do is that you should never ever show up and not know what to do does that make sense it guys will run better it will be smoother everyone exactly. more, that doesn't mean you don't show up and you have a planned session all of a sudden you're like okay, I'm pulling an audible and I'm switching it to this and you have the experience to do it yeah but, but Omar's right I mean like you know just I mean I said I winged it kind of for that session of 44 kids don't get me wrong. I had two plans already done, depending That's on how tough. many kids I had. I knew exactly what I was doing. And all I was doing was four kids with you and one assistant. Charlie, that's, I was, that's insane, man. I don't know I who was, did that to you, bro, but that's, that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's, it's a club thing. It's a good laugh. But like, I knew exactly what I was going to do. And I just had to do a little shifting change in for the numbers to make sure it ran smooth as can be. But if I would have gone in having no idea and just like truly trying to wing it, I would have been insert every you know, swear word you want out of luck right now um, because you can't. So, I mean, Omar's right. Be, be smart. It's a craft. Enjoy your craft. Learn your craft. Yes. Um, and realize when you're young that you will make mistakes. Things won't work out. And realize, too, that it's also know your audience. There's certain, even at you know, the same age group, there's certain levels that can do certain things and certain levels that you can't. And you might start at, you know, let's call it a third level and progress to a sixth level with one group. In the same age group, lesser kids, you have to start at basically root one and maybe you get to three. Um, but it's all just trying. Honestly, it's all just messing up and it's all uh, learning as you go. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I think, think not, oh, not to panic, not to panic. Not I, understand. One session. No, I, was, I, I was just going to say is that, you know, there'll be many more. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very fascinating to me because sometimes when I have too much space, it's almost like, well, I've never, I never, you know, look in LA, we never get this. So it's like, I've spent so much time, especially in a club setting where we've got bad fields and limited space and I've just gotten used to being able to run sessions like that. And then all of a sudden I'm given an entire field and I'm like, well, my gosh, how do I utilize all of this here too? So it can go hand in hand the opposite way too. Um, you were bringing up the number situation. I think that's a very common thing, especially for young goalkeeper coaches, because a lot of times they, they're introductory levels that they're given rec levels, whatever. And it's almost becomes uh, the issue of, how, how do I get good reps for these kids, even though yeah. I've got multiple numbers? And I think one thing that a lot of people need to bring up there is that 
especially depending on the levels, is find ways for the kids to do a lot of the service themselves. And it doesn't even have to be, if you're a younger's level and they can't volley the ball, have them do a hand toss. Teach them how to properly distribute a hand toss. Work on their distribution during their service. That way, you're getting kind of the the double-sided, you know, coin there. Uh, Two different good things going on. Mike, that's that's the best thing I've heard you say in a while. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. No, it's it's true. Like I had this chat with the person the day and I go like, oh, the kid's not hitting a good volley. I think the kid was like 12. And same thing. If you want like, I can't stand sessions where like kids sit and wait oh, and get so one hard. service and maybe a second. And like, I want my kids integrated. I'm like, look, if you're yeah. here, and you're striking this ball. Imagine you're hitting a driven pass. Imagine you're hitting the pass to your uh, left back or your right back. You're distributing. Like I want every kid fully engaged because I need you engaged for the entire 90 minutes in a game. So I need you engaged for the entire 90 minutes in a session, right? Like you, you can't, you need to work on it and that one, yeah. you know, one or two minutes where you space out, it could be where you can see that goal and you lose one, nothing. No, so yeah, yeah. when people go like, Oh, but they're not serving. It's great. It's like, okay, this is what's going to happen. I've had so many kids come to me at 14, 15, 16 from other people. And they're like, I'm like, okay, you're hitting a volley there. And they go, well, I can't hit a volley. I go, well, what do you mean? <laughs> they go, well, my other coach, he just would always serve. So I never learned how to hit a volley. And I was like, you're a 15 year old kid. And this happens. I, I, and more, I mean, I mean, that's, that's the thing is why I always, more often than not. And I hate to interrupt you right now, Trev, but the thing is- No, you is don't. You love it. You love interrupting. <laughs> I do. I love hearing my, the sound of my own voice. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast with you guys, um, is that uh, I think people need to understand- God, now I just lost my train of thought because of what you just said right there. People need to learn- I have one thing to say. No, 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 no. I was <laughs> going to say is that I, I always tell my goalkeepers, and I tell parents this, and I tell coaches this, is that- I want my goalkeepers to be independent, not dependent on training. They should not need me to become better goalkeepers. I should be providing them with tools and assisting them and guiding them along the way, just like any coach does. But but in the long run, it's them out there on the field playing. So they need to understand the position and they need to learn how to do things so that they can do it on their own. My goalkeepers, when they train with me or with anybody at my academy, and that's one of the reasons why I love people like Omar – is I want them to be able to go out there and run a session on their own if they had to, because they know the position inside and out. And I think that's what makes a good goalkeeper. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I'm really good at serving the ball, I wish I was better with my left foot, but the reason I'm good with volleys and services off the ground is because our goalkeeper coach at galaxy, he forced us, you know, he said, okay, guys, you're going to hit the ball from the six, from the PK spot, from the 18, you're going to try and get it to the goalkeeper's hands. And you know, God bless him. He was very patient with us. And he just said, you know what? What do you guys think is going to happen at the college level? What do you think is going to happen at the professional level? You're going to get there, and the coaches are going to ask you to serve the ball. And if you don't know how to serve the ball, then it's going to look bad on you. And I want you guys to actually be prepared for that step. So, you know, I think if, if anything I could tell coaches is that, yeah, don't be afraid to be patient with your, with your, with your goalkeepers. And I think uh, one bad thing that happened to me was just that it was an ego thing. Uh, I always wanted to be – seen as the guy who did this who did that who did that and once I became very very much self-aware of who I was and like what my goal was like if you don't have a specific goal for your academy for your goalkeepers then there's no plan at all it's like going to the gym without really having a plan to to work on certain body parts so uh, I think Um, yeah go ahead beach muscles bro always working on beach muscles (laughs) but yeah that's that's essentially what I'm trying to say is that you know if you're a goalkeeper coach really just it's all about patience having a plan don't show up without a plan. Uh, don't let your ego get in the way. Don't, uh, you know. Here's, Omar, I'm going to piggyback one thing before I forget. Yeah. I think, too, what you're saying, when you're saying your ego don't get in the way, I think, it too, it's not so much for everyone ego. I think people are afraid of their sessions looking bad. And this stems back from the entire thing, as you mentioned earlier, 
of like making it look great and this and that, but it wasn't a great session. It just looked like a big magical circus. I think so many goalkeeper coaches see it where they look over and there's an 11 year old kid hitting this kind of, you know, that dinky volley where they're afraid to mess up and they don't want to mess up. So they kind of just hit a little dinky kind of flat punch and it kind of goes. Oh, I straight up, Trev. Mike, hold on. I I think people look, the parents are watching going, oh God, they're not hitting great shots to each other. Oh, they're not getting a lot out of it. And the goalkeeper coach is worried that they, he or she might look bad from the sidelines. You got to realize that. No, no, no. Like once again, half these parents don't know what they're talking about. Half of them don't have a clue. So don't be afraid of them judging you. And secondly, that kid, remember it's about those kids. That kid will never be able to hit a volley. Can you imagine a kid coming to like a college tryout, not being able to serve a volley? Like, Oh my God. Like I I, I tell my kids, I go, look, if you should up one of these things and you couldn't hit a volley, I would send you home. Cause in my mind, if you haven't been trained by this age to hit a volley, what other bad habits, what other, bad technique what other yeah. bad things are a part of you because you've unfortunately been trained by someone who who didn't do it right so i mean it's quality over quantity man i think that's the biggest thing again i keep saying the biggest thing there's so many big things as a goalkeeper coach there's so many little things that you gotta like you said trial and error trial and error and i think like for me i have kids who who i you know they think they're good and then i'm like look I've, I can see what you're doing literally on the first volley. I hit you the way your legs are spreading, the way you're standing, the way you're catching the ball. I know where, where you are. Let just believe in what I have and I can actually get to where you need to go. So it's like baby steps. We lay on their side, we work on, you know, no arcing, we work on them from their knees. We go from their feet, we get a rope. So I'm saying like, you have to have a plan for, you know, let's say you have a person who's not that good. You plug them into an equation. Then from there, you already have like drills and stuff set up to make them better from there. So, um, yeah, but, yeah. but, but, but Omar, one, one thing you guys are forgetting right here is that one of the issues that, that a lot of goalkeeper coaches get is that they get different levels that should not be training together, lumped together at the same time. You got to make it work. You got to find many groups. You got to, that's what I'm saying is that, so I'm saying is that there's ways to get around that where it can still be beneficial to everybody. One of the ways I do it is I always pair the kids that are of the levels together. So that way I can view the ones that really need the work and the ones that are kind of have everything kind of figured out. Yeah. And I can still still keep an eye on them while, while making sure that I'm paying a lot of attention to these kids and really helping them with their service and all, all of that stuff. You know, look, the bottom line thing is this, that goalkeeper coaching is just like any other – for lack of a better term, any, any other sort of teaching situation, you know, there's, there's public schools here, you know, where they have way too many kids and they find the best teachers find ways to make it work. Um, a lot of people bring this up with me and then I want to move off of this topic because we could talk about this forever is they say, one of the issues I always get is that they never give me a goal. They never give me a goal. I don't know what to do without a goal. You get that deer in the headlights, you show up, all of a sudden they take a goal from you because the U11s need a game and because the U11s need a game, they got to take. Dude, I train without goals all the time when I. Have. I do too, and the thing is, is that I always try to explain to parents and co- and and DOCs is that the kids don't play in the goal; they are goalkeepers. They the goal is the, for lack of a better term, the goal of to put the ball into the net. But they actually play off the line. They play with inside the 18-yard box. They play outside of the 18. So you could run a great session without having a goal. You can use cones. You can use flags. As long as you have any sort of barriers to showcase the dimensions, you're fine. Do you know Fred Barber? Goalkeeper coach, England, used to do um, Bolton, a bunch of the guys. Also, it's, also it's, I'm lazy, and I'm not very good at putting together bow nets. So that's one of the reasons why. Yeah, so, so, so Fred Barber used to put stuff online. Yeah. And this is where I learned doing like the, when he was at Bolton working with Ali Hubzi and um, oh, what's the big uh, Hungarian guy? Uh, the guy who wore the sweatpants? 
No, 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 no. Okay. It's Romanian. The Hungarian, big, uh, red-headed dude. Um, ah, they were both sure. together. Either way. So when they're in the Prem together. Oh, Jeskalainen? No, no, no. Jeskalainen no. was there. It was Jeskalainen. Oh, Lodi, I'm, and then the younger. Continue, continue. I'll, I'll get the name. Go ahead. Okay. Um, when I would watch them do preseason stuff, uh, he had like the four cones out doing different drills, six cones out, hardly ever used a goal, especially in preseason, handling footwork, collapsing, like huge stuff. I remember running those sessions and parents would be like, well, but they're not in the goal. And I'd be like, yeah, but they're goalkeepers. They, 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 like you need a goal. Like, Adam Bogdan. No, no, no. Yeah, Adam Bogdan. And kids would show up and be like, but, but aren't we supposed to work in a goal? And you're like, and, and you're trying to explain that to them. And yeah. even if you put the most articulated, well-spoken thing together, they're looking and be like, yeah, but why aren't we using a goal? And I think it's just the concept and the mindset that people get in the two is that you have to have a goal. You have to have a goal. And really, you can run the most unreal sessions uh, with, without a goal. Some of the best sessions I run are without a goal. Straight up. I'll be straight up honest. <clears throat> you know? Okay, we got to move on. Move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. On. So, anyway, so uh, let's, talk about some, let's talk about some guys who've had a decent amount of goalkeeper training, and those are the pros. Uh, so let's talk about – What's just happened this past week, guys? Uh, MLS Decision Day happened this weekend. There were some great moves. Uh, the playoffs also just started uh, last night. We had some not-so-great moves and, and some good moves. So, first off, let's talk about which goalkeepers impressed us on, on Decision Day and moving into the playoffs here. Um, who wants to start? Uh, 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 who I said, remember I told you Sean Johnson was going to play well? <laughs> yeah, you did. And Sean Johnson has played well. New York City has advanced. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, who looks like I'm a excited. genius now? Who no, looks no. like a genius now? Trevor, well, I have a question for you guys. So tonight is uh, DC United versus Columbus. So you got Zach Steffen versus, uh, oh my God, Bill Hamid. So Bill you have, I mean, I'm not going to say. Look, Zach Steffen's unreal. And I know yeah. what you're going to say US number one versus could Hamid be the number one? Why is he not been in camp? I will tell you this one. Bill Hamid is going to show up today and ball out of his mind. He has done nothing but been consistent, consistent, consistent since he came back from Denmark. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he is pumped. I mean, what, I, what I was going to ask you, though, is that don't you think that this is a statement game for Hamid in, in the sense of, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like it's, uh, it's like a sub subcontext to the game or sub-topic sub, uh, to the game. You know, everyone... it's, it's funny. Is it, I mean, it's a subcontext because technically it's his MLS and playoffs. But at the same time, you know, in your mind, you know it's important as, as national team duty. So is it maybe just parallel? I mean, I, I mean – I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a huge statement. You have who is the current number one and who in a lot of people's minds has been unfavorably dropped uh, from, from the main three rotation. I'm with you. It, it's a huge statement for Bill. Um, and uh, if I had to say who would like to go through, I'd like to see uh, Bill do it. Nothing against Stefan. I think he's a tremendous keeper, but I, I think this is a time for Bill to put a stamp down. And, uh, I think that's great too, because then uh, then Greg Berhalter can get an early start on his uh, national team. Yeah. Or the it's like literally the most like like worst kept secret in all of American soccer is Greg Berhalter is going to be the U.S. men's national team coach. Um, so let's let's talk about some guys who didn't make the playoffs uh, but had a great game and then spoiled some playoff hopes. Let's talk about Joe Willis for Houston, killing it against the LA Galaxy, who really really needed that game and and just i mean i don't want even want to get into the whole galaxy scenario because that that franchise is just in a complete set of disarray but uh let's talk about joe wilson's performance what do you guys think sure, the guy the guy did well houston did well but for me the focal point was the fact that uh <laughs> la was playing a team and, and we had this chat the other day that had you know 
nothing to go for out of the playoffs. You know, it was just finishing the regular season. Um, you go up two nothing, uh, and then somehow you can see. And, and I mean, how that, you, that's been the LA Galaxy mo all season. So you, you know. know, so nothing, nothing to take away from from Willis. I mean, once again, too going into that game for him, he's got nothing to lose. No, I'm pretty sure his contract's guaranteed for another year. So that's the thing. Like for keepers, when you go kind of in fancy free, just kind of relax. Uh, you play like that that's sometimes because you're just you're mellow. You're not thinking about anything else. You're just there making saves, enjoying your time. Uh, doing your thing. And I, and I think that's a great example of a, a great mindset to go into a game of that kind of, you're focused, but, but you're relaxed. You're not worried yeah, to make yeah. a mistake. You're not worried that this game is not going to get you into the playoffs. You're not worried about any of these things because, well, you're not going to the playoffs. Uh, but I think for LA, I think just um, whatever happens next year, out of the back, they have to sort that out because whether it's communication issues, whether it's this, whether it's they've so many moving defenders in and out, I don't know. But that one for me is, uh, it's over. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's all you could say about that. Somebody who did have a lot riding on a lot, and uh, I, honestly, we haven't really been talking about him, um, but Jeff Antonella uh, had a great game this weekend. He had a great game last night, um, and, uh, and Portland has, has moved on, has advanced. Uh, stunningly, I did not see them getting past FC Dallas, and Jesse Gonzalez had a, had a little situation at the end. I, I can't fault that game on him. Uh, but let's talk about Antonella going, in, uh, going into the next round now. What are you guys thinking? I think he's had a great year all year. I mean, I, I didn't know too much about him, you know. I mean, I'm a huge Galaxy fan, so I watched Galaxy versus Portland a while back, and he, he had some decent saves in Galaxy or excuse me, LAFC versus Portland. And, I mean, I kept hearing his name, and you never know with, with the MLS. Oh, guys, that's the most sacrilege thing you could do, Omar. You just said, I'm a huge Galaxy fan. I went, oh, I'm sorry. I was meant LAFC versus. No, no, no. I watched that again. No, I watched the Galaxy versus Timbers, and then LAFC was on ESPN. I watched them. I, I'm a okay. huge soccer fan, so I watch whatever's on. But um, So I watched that, and I see, I hear the name Antonella. I was like, okay, you know, with the way that the MLS kind of goes, the revolving door, the keepers, you know, go in and out, in and out. I was like, okay, this guy's whatever. And then I kept seeing him over and over and over. And, like, he really put a stamp on the season for Portland this year. And I think he's really peaking at the right time. So, I mean, if I had to choose if he will continue this versus anybody else, I think he's in, like, one of the best forms. I mean, uh, truth be told, and that's why the reason why Portland's doing so well is you have to have a strong foundation in the back. And I think he's provided that for Portland throughout the whole season. So, I'm excited to see how he does over two legs. It'll be interesting. Charlie? Yeah, I mean, he, he came in, what, the season prior. is Tim, Jake Gleason, uh, and Kendall still. And uh, Kendall, but Kendall's the starter for P two still, right? Yeah, he was third. It was it was interesting. I was surprised that they brought Steve Clark in because uh, I thought they'd give Kendall the, the full backup job when when Jake got injured. Um, didn't happen. You know that's how football goes. Um, but Jeff, when he got traded, he was uh, where was it? he was Real Salt Lake. He went to Minnesota in that before Minnesota, like when Minnesota was becoming an MLS team, and everyone thought, hey, in the goalkeeper role, talking to a few guys who are you know currently playing MLS, like look, Jeff's an awesome, like awesome, awesome guy. But also, he's a great goalkeeper. This is going to be his spot. Finally, he's going to get a start, you know, a time, a place to start and show he is a number one. Then all of a sudden, within like 24 hours, boom, he was gone out the door uh, over to Portland where him and Jake kind of went back and forth last year. Uh, I think at the end, he kind of solidified himself in, in front of Jake. And then Jake been injured this year. And Jeff kind of took the reins and rolled. And, you know, Steve Clark filled in when he had to when, when Jeff was a little injured there. But I think Jeff's had a, a really good season. He's a really consistent guy at the back. I think his um personas like that just a nice consistent good relaxed dude yeah uh, who puts who puts the work in hard and um i mean i think omar said it right and this goes for a lot of players in your season you always want to be peaking you don't want to peak early you don't want to peak mid if you've done it right you will peak at the end 
Uh, and I think he's on that upswing. As we all know, when you're peaking as a keeper on the end, it just doesn't build confidence in you. It builds confidence in your back line. It builds confidence in everyone else. They know that you're going to come up with that one or two saves in a game that's going to keep them in them. That's going to allow them to get a, you know, a squeaky one or two goal, especially on the road, right? So when, yeah. in your defense, and your whole team thinks, oh, man, our keeper's not playing great, and they you know, I might concede a goal here or there, that's not a good place to be. When you know your keeper's going to pull off that magic save and do everything else they need to, you know you can get that point, especially on the road. You can get that one goal and get through. I think, uh, I think Portland's in a good spot going forward now just because I think Jeff is, uh, Jeff's just riding the wave right now. Yeah, before we move out of MLS, I just want to give a shout-out to Andre Blake. Uh, I know you guys didn't move on. Uh, yeah. you guys, it was not your fault against NYCFC last night. Uh, but what a phenomenal year, as always. Um, Sunday, you really absolutely destroyed it. I mean, really, really incredible. Every week in and out, I mean, just some incredible saves from this guy. He's so athletic. I mean, I just wish he was, wish he had a, a American go. uh, citizenship. I wish he had American citizenship. He's got to uh, go, man. He should go. He should, I mean, I think he should be in the EPL championship. He's got to be. He's got to move out of the MLS. I think he's outgrown it by now. So, so. In my opinion, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with Omar. He's, he's got to make the jump. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's time to go, and uh, and and push your push your limits, one hundred percent. So let's talk about guys who want to make the jump from uh, the lower divisions into the MLS, and let's talk about some of the job goalkeepers in the USL this past year. And we've already talked about one of them um, for Sacramento Republic, Josh Cohen. Uh, honestly, can I mean for the USL level, I can't think of a better goalkeeper right now. Um, can he handle the speed of play at the next level? Um, or is the USL his ceiling? I think his footwork is phenomenal. I think his shot stopping is great. His angle play is good. Decision making is good. Uh, uh, what doesn't he have other than that next level athleticism and, and size? Uh, I'm biased because he's one of my guys and a good buddy. Uh, but that being said, to take the unbias out. If this season hasn't shown that he isn't ready, nothing will show someone. I, th- I think he should get a sniff. I think he's there. And as we talked about over and over and over again, he is extremely consistent. Extremely. Does, does that mean he steps into an MLS role as a number two next year? Possibly. As Omar said, let's be honest, the MLS is a complete revolving door when it comes to keepers. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of loyalty in keepers in MLS, it seems, that sometimes. Um, everyone's, everyone's looking for an equivalent version of the keeper they have for a cheaper dollar. Um, but I, but I think, I think Josh is there. I think he's shown that. I think, you know, he was a big part of why Sac Republic did so well. Um, unfortunate to see them go out last yeah. week, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah I, I think he's there. I think he's ready. I mean, he's doing, well, he's doing I, I know you actually trained with him, so. Oh, no, no, I haven't trained with him, no. Oh, I thought you did. I thought you did. I thought, I thought at Sac Republic, I thought he was there when you were there. Or was... No, no, we'll definitely set something up. I think he, he was at uh, Orange County, right, for a year or two. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He yeah. was at Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising. Rising. Together okay. At Phoenix. Okay, he was, he was never Orange County? For a little bit, maybe. Little, okay. He came well, from then... Phoenix prior to, to being at Sac. Okay, no, but I mean, this guy's been doing it for, what's well, like two, three years now, right? So, I mean, I think his – I mean, there's no – there's no rite of passage at all. I mean, I guess if you know somebody, it works out, but there's no rite of passage, especially for goalkeepers as well. It's so uh, such a saturated market, but I it's mean, tough, for, man. it is, but it's- for him though, I mean, he's been doing it for a few years now you got to give the guy, I, don't, I mean, in terms of his, his shot stopping ability, he's a good game manager. Uh, I mean, from what I've seen, I watched a lot of the USL highlights because one of my best friends is on Sac Republic. So I watch a lot of their games and he's been consistent all year. And like you said, Trev earlier that, 
having peace of mind with your goalkeeper, it doesn't even just do wonders for the goalkeeper, it does wonders for the coach, the whole team benefits. So I think this is the kind of guy who, from what I have heard and what I've seen, he is the kind of guy who gives a coach peace of mind. So for, for whatever that's worth, take it for whatever it's worth, but I think he should be in MLS preseason this year. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, he goes back to USL, keeps killing it. So, uh, you know, it seems to be the magic number right this now in USL seems to be 26. Guys 26, 27 are really like kind of the peak performers other than a couple younger standouts uh, who, who probably are eventually going to make it up to MLS because they're tied with MLS clubs anyway. So let's talk about some of the guys in the independent clubs. Let's talk about Spencer Ritchie. Um, you know, great career at UW, has benched around USL quite a bit, has made a really good career out of himself over there. Um, is he too old? Can you see Spencer Ritchie staying with FC Cincinnati when they become MLS? I'll say this right now. 100% he will be in MLS next year. Okay. 100%. Will he be the number one for FC Cincinnati next Will year? he be at FC Cincinnati is the real question. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's he has been around for a long time. He's my he's nice. He's a 92, so he's my year. So I've been following him since he was a part of the national team uh, system way back in the day. So I, I, I've followed this guy's career. Remember, here's so he because he wore he wore Aviato when he was at Whitecaps, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you know, New Balance came in, big offer. <clears throat> tell the guy, absolutely take it. But remember this, he's on loan from Vancouver still. Right. And oh, I didn't know oh, that. I thought I thought he I thought he was owned by by. No, no, no. He's still on loan. So that's the real that's because the real question. Is, he may be goalkeeper of the year for in USL this year. So, so if, if I had to put it, it's either him, Cohen, uh, our other boy Carl. Well, oh, and Carl been buddy for years. And I will always mispronounce his name. Was Noski has actually had a brilliant year for Phoenix, um, and Andre Rawls. I, I mean, I know they're all my guys. Uh, <laughs> well, but, let's uh, talk about let's talk about Rawls for a second because uh, you know he made that loan move from NYCFC to get some playing time over at Orange County, which is technically a LAFC affiliate. Um, so real quick though, on Spencer Ritchie, here's the thing. Okay, Whitecaps, sure. last season, how good was their goalkeeping? All over the shop. Marinovich is... Uh... Right, Marinovich is kind <laughs> of all over. Real they haven't had a consistent starter since Halstead. So. Right, didn't really hold it down all over the shop. Do, do they recall Spencer and say, look, this is, you got a shot at being number one? I mean, that's, that's a possibility. I, yeah. yeah. Or does Cincinnati try to keep him going in? Because I think, I mean, I think he's at the level. I think he's there now. I and mean, yeah, he's 26. I think he's ready to start as... Uh, as at least a number two um, and find himself. I think though, like it's the white cap scenario. He could slide as a number one. They, they don't have someone holding that spot down realistically. Let's talk about two guys. Let's talk about two younger guys. Andrew um, Rawls. Andrew Rawls, I think next year has to go somewhere back in MLS, whether they go back to New York or whether, you know, he gets shifted, as you said, maybe LAFC or let's be honest, there's lots of jobs that pop up. It's always a musical chairs. I think he's shown himself. I think he's, ex- I mean, extremely athletic. I think and what the biggest part about him is, though he's extremely athletic, a lot of times the goal they're athletic, but they're not still growing as a keeper. I think his craft is still growing at 26. I think he's still learning. I think he's a great adapter of learning at an older age. Um, I think you see him back in MLS again next season. Let's, let's talk about two younger guys that I think have a good, good upside in MLS coming up, although I think they're both in two very different situations. Let's talk about Evan Lauro over at Red Bull 2 and JT Marcinowski over at San Jose Earthquakes. Marcinowski actually got the start um, for the Earthquakes in the final game, uh, and he, he actually did very well for Reno this year. Um, I met him 
uh, during World Cup comedy tour in Atlanta during MLS All-Star. He killed it in the homegrown game. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he could be the number one for San Jose next year. Um, thoughts on these two guys? I, I love the fact that he got the game. I, I, I mean, it's one of those ones where and the coaches, and every, like from our minds, the coach should give him the game. You're, you're out of the season. It's not happening. Uh, Tarbell has done fine enough, not his best season, but there. Give, give the young kid the end of the last game. Give him you can't shot. fault this year on Tarbell, though. Oh, absolutely. No, you faulted on that team. But I yeah. think it's, it's, it's just wonderful from a goalkeeper's point of view to see him get that game. Um, and I think he's got a whole lot of upside. I yeah. agree. Yeah, he did really well in that game. And uh, I forget if – I don't think it was him, but I don't know if you guys ever watched the homegrown game against Tigres. So they – their goalkeeper – so they're up 1-0, and their goalkeeper runs up to the 18, and he was about to punt it. He drops the ball. The referee doesn't call anything. He throws it long, and they score a goal. The referee watches the VAR. They come back. They give a free kick. Tigres scores. They win it. I don't know if I it was, was there. I, yeah, I was there. Oh, okay. How, okay. Yeah, well, yeah I, was, I talked to him. Right? I literally talked to him the next day. Was that JT? Uh, yeah, that was JT. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that was unfortunate. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think if, 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 if he gets – But he had a killer game in that game. He did. No, he did. He did. That's why it's yeah. sad because I only remember that part. But I think if he, if he gets as many games as Tarbell did, I think he will be, he will be a force. Man, he's pretty good. I, could, I like his instincts. I like his reactions. Uh, aside from that whole thing, I haven't really been able to see as many games from him. But I'd love to see him in more games because if you're going to give Tarbell that much of a season, I think you've got to give this guy a chance as well. We talked a lot uh, in Atlanta uh, after that homegrown game. And, and one thing you, you recognize right away is how, how smart this guy is. Um, he really understands the game, and he's just a brilliant guy in general. I mean, you don't get into Georgetown unless you're a smart guy. So um, I think he's got just a, a huge future ahead of him. But let's talk about Lauro. Um, I, I, you know, Evan Lauro, he's uh, somebody who, as a little, little guy, started out with Andrew Sparks, who's now over to Orlando Pirates in uh, South Africa, and came out of the Swansea Academy. And I've always been a fan of his, uh, watching him develop over the years to the national team programs. But he's kind of in a situation now where he's played a couple of years for Red Bull 2 now. He's not really going to usurp Robles. I don't see anybody usurping Robles. Does he need to make a move somewhere else? Um, because how, how much longer can he stay in USL 2? I mean, if you watch the kid play, he's, he's a really good keeper. Uh, here's the next question, though, is does he displace Mare, right? Mare has been sitting on the bench forever. Mare, when he came in at Night or 21 right of college first nine games killed it unreal then double hip surgery um that's the big thing is what happens with Robles what happens with Mara and to, you're right though Lara's been fantastic where does he go like and, and Omar said it there is so many good keepers viable right now for next season and the real problem to you find that's why a lot of guys will go to MLS and be a third uh and not go to USL for a long time is because it's really hard to get back up. Even if your club's affiliated, it's hard to be in USL and find yourself getting back up to MLS. Um, you know, it's almost one of those ones where you need to go overseas for a little bit, get a year or two in, then try to come back from there. So yeah. what, maybe Scandinavia? Yeah, but then the thing is too is, okay, so how good is Scandinavia now? Some of the leagues aren't as good as these. I mean, I think Denmark is the best league in Scandinavia, right? Then you go Norway, then you go Sweden, then you go Finland. So do you go to go to Denmark, get some games, uh, and then come back at them? I mean, it's it's such a crapshoot, and so, guys go so many different ways to try to get around it. Um, but it, it's tough. I mean, is it even more tough for him being an affiliated club where you think it'd be an easier link? But when you have 
Mare in front of you is the two and number one team, and you have Robles, who is just the Iron Man he is, uh, is that even a, a greater defensive wall? Because you're almost more attached to stay at Red Bulls because you know they're you're under their ownership, but you can't move up because you have two guys there. I mean, it's 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 a tough scenario to be in. Well, it's a tough scenario, so especially too. It's like if you notice that Lara was a consistent U.S. Youth International, and now he's 22 years old. He's kind of at that point in his career where there's other guys that have usurped him in that depth pool because he doesn't get the games at the higher levels. Um, yeah, you see it all the time. You, you see, man, you, but also you see keepers like, let's talk about our buddy Andrew Weber. He played MLS six seasons. I think he only got 14 games by the time he hit 30. It was hard for him to get a number one job because they're like, you've been in the league for six years, but you don't have a ton of games because he was always just sitting in behind, always just sitting in behind, yeah. um, not getting John, his shot. When maybe he John Conway was able to do that, though. He, John Conway sat for like 10 years and then finally became a number one. Yo, that is an anomaly beyond words. <laughs> and here's the thing, though. How long was he the number one for after? Uh, a couple years, I think. Probably. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's tough, right? Look at Patty Onstad way back in the day. Yeah. The only reason Patty Onstad played MLS was after his career at Rochester in USL where he killed it was unreal. He was going to go back to BC, be a teacher. Yallop hit him up and was like, look, I need a keeper. I need someone I trust. Uh, do you want to come play MLS? And he was like, okay. And then from that point on, he won like, what, two keepers of the year? Or this? And then he like, killed it. it. Was amazing. But he was almost yeah. at 30 years old, ready to go back and retire because he was having a hard time getting that jump from USL to MLS. Yeah. Then he um, comes to MLS over th- like at 30 and destroys it. Well, let's uh, – let- Let's, let's leave MLS and USL domestically. And first off, guys, if some of you guys are clamoring and wondering, why are they talking so much MLS? Why are they talking so much USL? Uh, people have been reaching out, and they've been saying, hey, guys, love to hear more MLS, more USL, mainly because there's a lot of podcasts out there that are doing Europe, and um, we don't want to be the same as all those podcasts. We want to be a little bit more goalkeeper-specific. We want to have a little bit more variety. We want to talk about the women's game. We want to talk about the college game. Here's also, here's also my thing. Real, real quick on that one. I'm yeah. with you. Everyone talks about Europe League. We still talk tons about Europe League. Yeah. But for those kids, especially listen in, in North America to us, straight up, you don't have a European passport, it's real tough to get over there, right? Your shots of playing is USL. Your shots of playing is MLS. Um, so I know a lot of guys are like, oh, MLS isn't really good. USL isn't really good. Let me tell you, and Omar can admit to this as well. I'm sure Mike can too. I mean, you have to work your butt off to get to that league. You go, oh, those guys aren't that great. Let me tell you, if you're the average keeper who's playing even at a college level, there is a 95% chance you're going nowhere near the pros. Yeah. Right? Like those yeah. guys are way better than what you think they are. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's just such a pyramid to climb up that, you know, you should get involved a little more in MLS and USL because if you're a young kid who's aspiring, especially in the States, to play at a pro level, unless you have, you know, ways to get a heritage passport, unless you can get a citizenship, Unless you end up being the national team as a starter and playing apes in the games, you're not getting that visa to go play overseas. Yeah. Um, you know, Scandinavia is a few more exceptions, but you should get into a little more MLS and USL because that's that's the future that you might have playing as a pro. Yeah, and I mean, you guys, you need to watch. You need to watch the league. I can't tell you how many keepers I talk to, and they're like, all they do is that they talk about Courtois and Dahea and Loris, and and I go, well, what do you think of um, Tyler Miller this past week? Who? Tyler Miller, the goalkeeper for LAFC, who's literally 10 minutes from your house. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch MLS. Dude, LAFC is in your backyard. You want to play academy. They have an academy right there, and you don't watch MLS? Yeah. What, what, what yeah, are you doing? Yeah. Sure. You know. So, um, but let's talk about the, the pond real quick because obviously the big news that everybody's talking about, and I also want it to be uh, trending on our traffic uh, for, for downloads, is uh, Real Madrid. Lopetegui's out. 
Um, Solari in as the interim coach right now. What a disaster over there. First off, the, the purchase of Courtois was so unnecessary. I don't know why they spent that money on that, but they did. And now they got the situation where Courtois and Navas are trying to split games. Is Solari going to keep that going? Um, or is Navas going to get things like Copa del Rey and play against third division teams? Uh, what's what's going to happen here? Are they going to have to sell one of these guys eventually? What, what the heck's going to do? Oh, man, the president, man. The president, uh, from what I've read in, in different articles and stuff like that, he's just Prince such a – okay. Yeah, he's just such a egotistical guy, and he always wants to have the best, the best, the best. So if he feels that he's not spending enough money or he wants to outspend other people, that's where his insecurities come from. So with this whole – you know, Ronaldo leaving, he's like, I got to use that money to buy somebody big. And I guess Courtois was, was on his, was it when it was in his plans for a long time? I don't think he understood that he already had a goalkeeper who was more than capable, but they would have done this. Two back to back champions. One back to back champions. That's the highest level. Back to back to back. Not only also, that, he killed it in the Champions League final. And, killed it and look, we discussed this. Navas does extremely well in La Liga because of how he plays and how La Liga plays, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the first to be like, mm, he's not as good as. You know, when, when Barca brought in Ter Stegen. But he's he not went, in the Premiership, Trev. But listen, but listen, listen, listen. It matter how he plays. But Novice did kill. Like, you know, Ter Stegen was brought in first to play Champions League, right? And, and sit behind. Now Ter Stegen's, you know, doing his thing. That's great. But Ter Stegen's much more of a, let's call it, continental European keeper than, say, Novice was. So Novice did really well in Liga. But in Champions League, he still killed it. They won it twice. Do you, do you need to go spend all this money on a guy who, in my opinion, look, is a fantastic keeper. He's unreal. But if you give me that much money, I'm not buying him. I'm, I'm going to go buy a really good guy for half the price and get two young up-and-comers. I don't mean I'm going to do it differently. If, to, if to, I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, they would have been better off spending that money and getting Kepa and, uh, and having Kepa sit behind Novice and then have it, Kepa eventually take over as the number one. Yeah, it was, it was an odd buy. What, yeah. I, I, think, I think eventually one of them is going to go to the manager. Look, I don't think either one is happy just playing. You know, okay, you're the Liga keeper. You're going to play Champions League Copa del Rey. Yeah, I don't, I don't think someone's going to be like, great. Now, with that being said, that club plays so many games, right? Similar, like, say, like a Barcelona or other clubs like that, where you almost need two keepers. So maybe they are happy. Maybe they are, you know, okay doing that. Yeah, but you um, get like a Sillison or something like that. I mean, so I, I mean, one of the big debates, too, we could probably have one day is Sillison being the number two at Barca, which, I mean, if you're the number one for your national team, like the national team like Holland, I don't think you should be at Barca for, you know, more than a year or two, which he's already done that. He's won, you know, plenty of trophies. He's good enough to be a number one somewhere else. But that situation, I see. It's like you can't. Yeah, but have, have you seen those Barca goalkeeper jerseys, Omar? You know you want to just consistently have a lot, a lot of swag, <laughs> I mean, if you right? With Messi, I mean, if you, met, you can play with Messi, Suarez, between all the best players in the world, and yes, stay there, and you can still win a lot of trophies. But back to this point, I, I eventually something's got to give. There's, there's no way that you can have two goalkeepers like that. And I, I fought, I fought Courtois but at the same time. I don't like. They must have told him something in the interview, like, hey. Don't worry, we're going to get him out of here soon. He'll be the starter. You'll be the starter soon. So he must have been yeah, promising. I, I, I'm with Omar. I think, I think he's going to be out the door. I think Novice is going to be leaving. There had to be a backroom deal talk, yeah. something of, yeah, guess what? You're going to play. We are going to get rid of him because for him to – it's just – there's something odd going on there. I feel bad for Novice in that situation because I, uh, I, I'm not the huge Novice fan as say Omar is, but I think he deserved a whole lot better than that. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean to be to be honest with you, he might end up getting the uh, the, the better situation since uh, Real Madrid is in such disarray right now. Um, but uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, all right, guys, we're uh, we're going to wrap up the show here. I know uh, I know it's it's been a long one, but it's been a good one. You're a show. A lot show. that we've been talking about. Uh, a couple things, guys, is please, please, please rate, 
write, subscribe on iTunes. Are we up on Google Play or SoundCloud yet, Omar? Is that a thing? Uh, SoundCloud, I have to buy a membership for because I've run out of minutes. <laughs> and then okay. uh, I'll put it up on this one. will be on YouTube this week as well. So just follow up on there. I know a lot of people, you know, Spotify is very picky with their with who they allow on there. So and, I know. Yeah. And I think we're going to do a little giveaway too for people who send us screenshots of their showing their reviews and their five star uh, um, uh, ratings. On, uh, on iTunes or Google Play. And here's a weird, interesting thing which I didn't realize is that Trev and us have completely different iTunes. He's got Canadian and we've got American, which means we don't see the Canadian reviews and he doesn't see the American reviews. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you're Canadian, shout out to Trev and uh, send your screenshot. And if you're, uh, or international, send it out to Trev. And if it's, uh, if it's domestic, send it out to us. Or just send us a screenshot in general and we'll probably be able to tell that... Uh, that you put it up there and you're not just really, really good at Photoshop. Trev, what's the giveaway? Uh, we, we got a giveaway going on here. What do you want to give away? Well, I mean, you're the, you're the one with a lot of swag. I can give some swag too. I can give a no world cup comedy. No I can give no a world cup comedy scar for anybody who, who writes, uh, who writes a review and gets at least three friends to write a review. How about that? Uh, let's do this. Right there. Why don't we give away a $50 gift card? Wow. $50 gift card to Aviata. To aviatasports.com. For what? For what, Trev? What, what do they have to do in return? Give their firstborn child? Like what, what exactly? No, no, no. You just got to take a screenshot that you are a subscriber and take us with the same screenshot uh, that you wrote a review. You can say, uh, you guys suck, but thanks. And whatever you want to say. Or say nice stuff because that's cool too. Uh, make as many stars as you can and a $50 gift card could be yours. Ooh, and, and where, where, can they re, where, where can they send this to us? On all our social media platforms? All our or? social media podcast at Aviata Sports, inside the AT and Aviata Sports. You can DM us on Instagram, or you can send it to our good friends at the LA Goalkeeper Academy. Goalkeeping Academy. That's close, Or though. over to Omar at ProGK Academy. Screenshots, photos, reviews, give us. We'll give it away. We'll call it out next week on uh, our show. Yeah, I think that's what we do. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll call it out next week on the show. Uh, guys, thanks a lot for joining us here on Inside the 18. We're having a blast doing this, even though I have to get up really early in the morning to make it happen. And, uh, and, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace out, players. See you guys.